The following segment is from The Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. With the Washington football team, the investigation into the culture there, the workplace culture is through. The penalties have come down, and the NFL has decided to fine the Washington football team $10 million for basically two decades of a pretty hostile, toxic work environment. Um, There were no draft picks taken away. There was no penalty to the football side, really, at all. Uh, Kate, I'll start with you. What was your first reaction when you heard the news? The only thing that I think is a a plus coming out of this is the fact that they're using this $10 million fine charitably. Outside of that, very surprised that there isn't more actual, there's no football repercussions. You're uh, fining Dan Snyder, who's already worth $2.6 billion, $10 million. Okay. Like what of it? I, it, I think it's a little, uh, it, it's a little squeamish. Uh, it's, it's a nice way to uh, look good on paper without actually punishing this uh, organization for this behavior that's been perpetuated for a very long time. It's it's terrible. Like that's I think the grand takeaway here. This is terrible. It's been terrible. It's awful. Um, and I don't I don't really like to point fingers at anybody's morality um, and you know condemn people in certain ways. But there was one one part of the statement that uh, Dan Snyder released on Thursday that really did bother me. I read this on the Daily when uh, we got to this part of the news. Uh, it says it's the second to last paragraph. The penultimate one says, "I agree with the commissioner's decisions in this matter. I'm committed to implementing his investigations, important recommendations." Uh, he obviously mentioned uh, his wife says Tanya will assume the responsibilities of CEO and will oversee all the day-to-day team operations and represent the club on all league activities. But this is the sentence: "I will concentrate my time during the next several months on developing a new stadium plan and other matters." And that just, I mean, Kate, you mentioned squeamish. Like that feels super icky to me. Um, you know, like, Hey, I'm just going to go focus on how to make more money. Like, you know, my, my punishment here, so to speak from this incredibly toxic culture that I oversaw that I'm taking the blame for. Uh, yeah. Instead of, you know, focusing on bettering that I'm just going to go make myself more money. That, that read really, really, really badly to me. He has to make his $10 million back essentially is what he's saying. Well, I mean, and to just give you an example of how small the $10 million fine is, the NFL just sold Thursday Night Football for $10 billion over the next 10 years. So, you know, Daniel Snyder is not going to have any trouble paying this fine. Uh, I will say that all senior executives, including the Snyders, do have to take part in uh, training and workplace conduct for what that's worth. But here's the thing, and I I read this on Pro Football Talk, and I didn't catch it, and I give credit to Mike Florio. They're not calling it this, but I think this is essentially a suspension for Daniel Snyder because nothing happens in a vacuum, right? Look at what happened this week. Out of the blue, all of a sudden, Daniel Snyder is essentially ceding power to his wife, Tanya, who's co-CEO and co-owner. After Daniel Snyder paid all this money to buy out the other owners of the team. So that doesn't really make sense, right? Daniel Snyder pays all this money to consolidate power. And then all of a sudden, he's just splitting it with his spouse. And then come to find out, 
Well, turns out he's quote unquote stepping away or whatever they want to call it. And look at look at the writing in this statement for at least the next several months. Could you create a more vague period of time than for at least the next several months? Like when you go on vacation, vacations have set lengths of time, right? You go to Disney World for a week, two weeks. If you take a sabbatical for two weeks, goodness, that's a long time at Disney World. (laughs) Some people that got money. But like if you take a sabbatical, (laughs) Dan Snyder, you, you take a year away, like it's always a definite period of time. But for at least the next several months implies he doesn't know when he's going to be back. And again, I'm getting this from pro football talk. There is a report that Daniel Snyder cannot resume control of the Washington football team without the approval of Commissioner Roger Goodell. And that seems to me to fit more with the way that the NFL does things, right? They're very hesitant to punish owners, especially publicly. And let's be honest, the reason for that is because the owners, uh, because Roger Goodell works for the owners. They are his boss. So I think what happened here is they're not calling it a suspension. They're not trying to publicly embarrass Daniel Snyder. But that's essentially what happened here is that It's not a suspension, but it is a suspension, and he's got to go away, and he can't come back until Roger Goodell says it's okay. My question, though, is like, what do you, at what point do you, um, in this situation, if you're not suspending Daniel Snyder for perpetuating this toxic culture, this toxic work environment, uh, and allowing that to pervade literally decades, if you're not suspending an owner for that, what are you ever suspending an owner for? Like, where do you draw the line in terms of, of when you formally make those disciplinary moves versus these times where you just sort of uh, skirt around and, yes, we, we force you to donate $10 million, but we vaguely make you go behind this curtain and, and focus on, you know, spending more or making more money? Like, at what point do you actually – what's the threshold there for actual punishment? I think that just tells you there is no – no act that can actually get you punished as an NFL owner, apparently. Yeah, stats. I, I want to be clear, and I, I think Kate agrees. Like, I agree with your read on the situation. So, like, my issue isn't, you know, with you or anything like that. It's, mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I mean, there, I agree that there's a lot of coddling being done and a lot of care being given to Daniel Snyder with the same exact thing that wasn't given to the people who were impacted and who were hurt by the culture that he created, which is really, again, just feels icky, feels gross. Uh, it's kind of, it's really actually incredibly difficult to square, um, again, from whether a morality or even just like a common sense standpoint. And so, and I agree with you, you know, okay, yeah, he accrued all this power and he's, you know, surrendering it, but is he really surrendering it? Like he's, he's giving it to his wife, you know, like, and I, I mean, it's, it's still within, you know, arm's reach, so to speak for him. And so like, I, this, this doesn't feel, you know, like I I don't view Daniel Snyder as like, you know, pounding his fists on the table that like he's lost control of his football club. I, I mean, I, I feel like he's, he's just as involved, you know, just from, uh, a different office in a different building or whatever, however, however you want to deem it, however you want to term it. And so that's, that's really gross. I mean, it's, it's incredibly gross. And I, I think, you know, the NFL, you know, has, has a lot of issues and it's really difficult to understand um, how they think that the general public isn't going to have a problem with this. I mean, there were a lot of people who, who noted that, you know, 
the the Deflategate report that Ted Wells did, the 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 report on Ray Rice. I mean, were you know upwards and upwards of pages long. And I understand that there's confidentiality involved here, and there's you know protecting uh, the testimonies given by different people. But this this really just feels like the NFL is openly sweeping it under the rug in front of us. And they have, you know, it honestly feels like they're bragging about it. Like we have the power, we have the stature to just tell you what we want. And whatever questions you have, you know, maybe Roger Goodell will be asked about this at the Super Bowl press conference he does, you know, next year. But it will be a matter of, you know, kind of tending to the way they do. It's it's a really this is this has been a really bad week for the NFL. This is my question. And this is like maybe a a, a like I'm looking at the business side of this, but. Um, I'm kind of curious. So this is a charitable donation. Uh, they're going to use that $10 million for, I would love to know the tax side of that. Uh, is this, uh, most donations are tax deductible. Is this going to have really any impact whatsoever if it ends up going straight to charity and they can write, write it off as such? I, I'm curious about that part because then, uh, if that is the case and they're able to write this off or some of this off as, uh, you know, a charitable donation, then it does nothing. That's a completely fair question to bring up. And I yeah, I agree. I'm sure he's probably going to get some sort of write-off about it. Uh, RJ, I want to go back to the point you made about the report. J.P. Finlay of NBC Sports Washington had a great tweet about this. He said, The investigation into deflated footballs by the New England Patriots resulted in a 139-page report. The investigation into two decades of a toxic workplace culture by the Washington football team resulted in an oral report. And I think there's a very good reason for that, just like there's a very good reason Roger Goodell destroyed the Spygate tapes. They don't want a record of this. They don't want people to be able to dive into this. And I agree. They are affording Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team a degree of protection that was not afforded to all the people that worked for that team over the past two decades that were the victim of this workplace culture. And I think it's totally fair to criticize the NFL who loves to talk about how inclusive they are and loves to talk about they just put out a video about how football is for everyone, right? LGBTQ people, women, minority, anybody, right? Football is for everybody. It's real easy to do that stuff, to throw out a video, to put a Black Lives Matter poster in every stadium in the league. But when it comes to actually putting your money where your mouth is and actually protecting people and and showing that it's not just a statement, that it's not just you changing the colors on your logo for Pride Month, the NFL falls short again and again and again. And to me, this seems like yet another example of that, of they do the things for show, but they don't actually do anything in reality to make things better for people. Yeah, I mean, I want to be clear that all um, cases, all, you know, allegations are different and, you know, all victims should be treated um, as the top priority, whatever the case may be. Just speaking from the experience of covering and following the allegations against Ezekiel Elliott uh, that happened early on in his NFL career, I mean, the NFL probed very deeply into his life and and made all of the very intimate and intricate details of his life and you know the lives of people that he was around and involved with very, very, very public. 
right? Like that was the thing. I mean, everybody knew and, and now obviously as a result of it knows all of these supremely detailed things about Ezekiel Elliott and, and the manners that he conducted his life or whatever the case may be, because in the NFL's mind, they were pursuing justice. And the NFL obviously has designed their own justice system because they believe theirs to be superior to the actual justice system in our country, uh, which is a whole different discussion. But to that point, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott was put under a microscope in a room full of, you know, bright spotlights and cameras and whatever. And Daniel Snyder, to your point, stats, I mean, it's just, you know, hey, it's it's a matter of we got you. We'll take care of you. You're you're part of the club. You know, you're one of us. And, you know, uh, uh, Peter King wrote a few weeks ago, I believe right before he went on vacation about uh, Roger Goodell's tenure as commissioner and how it could be coming to an end potentially. We'll see, you know, how his contract ultimately uh, winds up and kind of talking about like what is his uh, legacy as commissioner of the NFL. And I don't know how a big chunk of his legacy is not that he caped for owners. I mean, that, that's what he's done over and over and over again. Roger Goodell has filled the pocketbooks of all NFL owners. And for that reason, he has continued to hold his job in great stature and gotten the contracts that he has, but he has done it, you know, while sacrificing a lot of good and moral thoughts and, you know, points of pride just in human civilization. It's, it's been really, it's, it's unfortunate because we all still it's 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 not like Madden, but it's kind of like Madden that people are still going to buy the game, right? Because people love, um, you know, the game, whatever. People are going to watch the NFL because they love the NFL and they're going to put up with all of this crud because at the end of the day, they still love this game, no matter how icky the owners or the commissioner or whoever might be at the top. It's a great comparison. It's true. I'm reading something from Pro Football Talk because uh, when it comes to stuff like this, I really trust Mike, especially having after having worked with him for a while, because I feel like he cuts through a lot of the BS. And one of the things that he points out is by protecting Daniel Snyder, the NFL is really potentially protecting other owners. And I think that is the key thing here is that it's a it's a club. It's a very exclusive club. Like you talked about, RJ, Goodell works for the owners and... They don't care how if this looks bad for the league. The owners don't care about that. They know the money's going to keep rolling in. They want to make sure that their dirty laundry does not get aired. And if something does come out, that the league is going to take care of them. And I think that when something like this happens to one owner, all the other owners kind of lean forward in their chairs a little bit and keep their eye on the situation. Okay, how is Goodell handling it? What is he doing? Because I think in the back of their mind, not saying that that other owners are allowing this sort of toxic workplace culture or anything like that, but I think the other owners know or want to know, if I get into trouble with something, how is the league going to react? I think, you know, different situations, again, every situation is different. Do you look at the allegations that surrounded Robert Kraft, right? You know, a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, what, what did the NFL do to Robert Kraft that they have ever done with one of their players, right? Like if, if, you know, again, all situations are different. I want to be very clear about that, but Deshaun Watson is sort of, you know, in the NFL's eyes right now, ostracized. And for very good reason, because the NFL is taking the manners, you know, that he is involved with very seriously. They're conducting their own investigation. And they are, I think we all agree. There is likely going to be, at least it seems some level of punishment levied against Deshaun Watson, at least some sort of suspension to some degree. I mean, we can name a, a ton of players that have been suspended for different issues, you know, uh, within or connected to the realms of this. I mentioned Ezekiel Elliott, Jameis Winston, Ray Rice, Adrian Peterson, on and on and on. We can go forever. Greg Hardy. Um, and, and we'll see what ultimately happens to Deshaun Watson. But I mean, 
this, you know, to your point, Kate, okay, you're, you're fine to tax right off. Um, your, your big time punishment is you get to go focus on a way that's not only going to fill your pocketbooks with more money with a new stadium, but fill our pocketbooks. We're all going to generate money off of this. So just, just devote your time and effort. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to cede control of your team, but just cede control to your wife. And again, these things are, and I don't want to question the legitimacy of Tanya Snyder. I, I'm hopeful that she will lead the Washington football team to a great era uh, within their culture and their environment. I, I hope they never win a game, obviously, for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, but, um, I mean, I, like, how can the NFL expect any of us to look at the events of this week and the dots that are here and not connect them to see, like, it's all a front? Like, there's an incredible... I don't even know if it's a level of arrogance or just a level of hubris to say, like, this is the way it is. Eat it, take it, and shut up. That's the way the league operates more often than not when it comes to controversial subjects, as you alluded to, Stats. If you look at the words in the statement that Roger Goodell put out, I mean, it's ugly. The workplace environment in the Washington football team, both generally and particularly for women, was highly unprofessional. Bullying and intimidation frequently took place, and many described the culture as one of fear. And numerous female employees reported having experienced sexual harassment and a general lack of respect in the workplace. Ownership and senior management paid little or no attention to these issues, and that senior executives engaged in inappropriate conduct themselves, including use of demeaning language and public embarrassment. You said it best, Kate. If you're not going to publicly punish someone and call it a suspension and literally shine a light on these things for this, then you don't do it for anything. You don't do it for anything. And that's really that's an incredible thing if you think about it, because the the standard for players like you pointed out, RJ, they always get called out on the carpet. We're going to know very soon what the punishment is for Deshaun Watson. It's going to be a very public punishment. And yet, shouldn't these scrutiny for the owners of the team, the boss of bosses, so to speak, be even higher than it is for the players? So messed up. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know what the word is. I mean, it's frustrating. It's mortifying. It's disheartening. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.